swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. <laughs> this is control issues. And this is a dub. You can catch us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Five stars all day. Go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on the Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How you living? I'm living incredibly well, A dub. We're mm. doing it. Took a week off. Had 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 to have uh, an Easter weekend of just just fully packed with egg hunts and family and, and food and, and sports and all that good stuff. Um, but now we're back. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I um the big thing that happened was last night, A dub, I finally went and watched the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, oh, what'd you think? Oh my god, it was so good. It was it was so good. Like I was already pumped to go see it. But um, you know, leading up, like we had to we had to schedule our dates and everything, figure out a babysitter. So, you know, it's a big deal when like we, we got that going. So, you know, I was kinda holding off, trying to find like the right time to watch it and you know just throughout the week like i first started with you know the gaming podcast i was listening to like a lot of the hosts were talking about how they were having the movie and these are these are some of the people who are kind of concerned trolling when you know chris pratt got the got the role as mario yeah. and he said he wasn't gonna do the voice <laughs> he's gonna do like his version of it people were like oh i don't know how this is gonna turn out blah 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 trailers started coming out people started getting excited and now they've seen it and everybody was positive even the people who are skeptical so that kind of oh, got me imagine that yeah so that got me going and then and then it got to a point where even a couple of the basketball podcasts i listened to that never talk about video games were talking about how good the super mario brothers movie was um and so i was like all right if these motherfuckers are also talking about how much they're having this this movie's got to be amazing so I stepped it your up. Man Kyrie, your man Kyrie Irving was loving it. Uh, yeah, no, no, it was a uh, JJ Reddick. But I'm sure Kyrie Irving was oh. also loving it too. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, uh, so we I scheduled it. We went out. We went on Saturday, and it was it was everything. I mean, the best way I can describe it is I've only had this feeling once before, and it was when I watched Avengers uh, for the first time in the theater, and it was this thing where I was like. Watching it, you're seeing it all on the screen. You see an Iron Man, Captain America, as Iron Man's blasting the shield, and Captain America's reflecting it to take out the aliens and all that shit. And you see the Hulk like doing his thing, Hulk smashing. And it was the first mm-hmm. time where where I felt like I was like, holy shit, this is everything that I read in the comic book 
on the screen and it's funny because like up until that point we had had superhero movies like we had the the toby Maguire spider-man movies and those are good yeah yeah that but, david hasselhoff nick fury <laughs> yeah you know the, the, the dolph lundgren punisher uh yeah. Jane, punisher. <laughs> yes yeah. that look for rick no hulk yeah. oh, that's a tv show we even had like the X-Men movies, you know, and those were good. But, you know, like it, it didn't feel like when I was like, oh, like I watched when I watched the cartoon or when I read the the comic books, like it was it was a, it was the X-Men, but it wasn't that. Um, and so, yeah, seeing Avengers, that was like the first time I was like, this is everything. But now I'm seeing it. And that was like one of the first times where I really felt that like, oh, they're making things for like my demo. Like, you know, as a kid, everything you watched, it was for your parents. <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. you're just kind of, like, you know, tagging along to check it out. But, and, like, eventually you get to the point where you're, you know, you're you're of the earning age. And then they start producing content for you, directed at you. And, you know, with the Marvel movies, they started finally getting that genre right on the big screen. And so, yeah, I just walked away with that feeling of just, like, you know, just satisfaction. And then they continued to just knock it out of the park every year from then on with the Avengers movies. And now we, we jump to Super Mario Brothers. And, you know, I, I we had watched, you know, Mortal Kombat. It was it was a good movie. We watched the original Mario Brothers movie. That was kind of... And then we <laughs> we'd watched... Oh, just a second. My headphone just went out. Yeah, so we had the... You know, we had the, the original Mario movie. That was meh. Um, and, yeah, we just had video game adaptations up until this point i mean we even had like uh uncharted which i honest i to be honest i haven't checked out but um you know it, it was starting to get better especially with like the sonic movies um and then with you know some of the the series at least like the castlevania series like they were they're starting to get on the right path when it came to adapting video game content to you know the screen to t- to television to tv shows and movies and then we get to Super Mario Brothers A dub. And it's nothing, it's like nothing else that I've seen when it comes to, you know, your childhood being repackaged to you in a way that is respectful to the content. All the nods, like it like I don't I don't know. Did you ever watch the original Super Mario Brothers Super Show? I if I did, I was way too young to put that in long-term memory. Uh, okay well they had the uh the intro from that like the hooked on the brothers rap they had that in the movie um they had you know obviously yeah they had like you know i'm not going to spoil anything else um but yeah they they worked in a lot of the old content while bringing in like the new stuff and you know just a lot of nods to like the, the previous mario games donkey kong as well and just in a great way great storytelling and one of the best things that they did was the movie was only 92 minutes long an hour and a half it seems like uh and like currently like mm. every every movie is about two hours now and for good or for bad like you know i enjoy it with the marvel movies because there's so much story to tell but you know some movies you're, you're sitting there and you're just like you know we can we can keep this this moving <laughs> we don't need like a ton of other like a ton of other like um just scenes of like dialogue and yeah this mario movie they it's perfect it's like well paced you you get the beginning the exposition they set everything up perfectly before mario ends up in mushroom kingdom and yeah and then it it goes from there and it's constantly moving the downtimes aren't too long and by the time the movie's over like you're ready for it to end and it was absolutely amazing they got every character perfect the dynamics of bowser being just they made him 
the ultimate badass while also you know playing into his infatuation with uh peach um so they, they work that in well they handle my girl peach right because she is an absolute badass she's not the the damsel in, yeah she's not the damsel in distress that you would expect from you know the early mario games like it's it's more once once we got control of peach and started hopping on dudes and, and floating and all that shit peach yeah so she's badass they they handled the power-ups perfectly well with like the mushrooms and the flowers it's they just did everything right and it's crazy because there are so many references in the movie and yet there is a lot that they left out for this for a sequel which you know there's gonna be a sequel on the way more 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 of that to come um but yeah um, i would hope that with the sequel that they kind of touch on the on the super mario 2 like mario's dreaming (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) bringing that frog dude (laughs) everything like maybe like maybe start the movie that way for the introduction and then like mario wakes up and it's like super mario 2 (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they i'm sure they're fine because they they just they did it so well it's like they talked to all the original people they got in all the current developers and then somehow they were able to translate all that information to people who make movies and so it just seemed like everybody who worked on it had a connection to you know the original content and yeah it's god i, I would totally watch it again i can't wait hopefully it ends up on one of the streaming services that i have because i definitely want to watch that again the platforming is absolutely out of control the uh you know the mario kart scene platforming yeah yeah the platforming is ridiculous and what's great about it too you'll love this a dub when you watch it is that one of the main lessons of the movie is getting good (laughs) like Mm. like, like, um yeah like mario you know you see early on that he's you know he's already a pretty good uh you know like he's doing that parkour and it's pretty dope but then you see like when when he's going on the main mission i'm I'm trying not to like get too heavy into like the the story points but like you know when he's getting that like can i will you let me can i join can i help you out situation they're like well you got to prove it and and through that he's he's going through this course of you know platforming and uh he he obviously he struggles at first and you see him like and like they're saying to him is like the thing about you mario is that like you never give up and so at the beginning mm-hmm. he's, he's, he sucks but then he eventually gets good at it and it happens over and over again where he gets good and it's like it kind of plays into like you know that narrative in video games is like you just keep dying until you finally figure it out and you, you do it you figure out that one part all right you got that part down to the course now you get past that you run into the next obstacle you keep going now you're going through two obstacles and then you get past those two and then you got the third one and it's just you keep building on that until eventually you have it all down and it's about getting good and so yeah they, they play into that aspect of like you know that that meta aspect of, of video gaming um they just they do so much well with the movie and uh going back to you know chris pratt and the voice like it's it's great because he does like his like i guess his take on the mario voice but when it comes to like you know the slogans like the it's a me and all that stuff it sounds like the mario voice so he he hits it where he needs to hit it but not in a way mm-hmm. where when he's just doing the normal dialogue he's not you know overdoing the you know the italianness of like what yeah of what mario is like it's like they, he, they he's make, not he's not trying to get his career canceled anytime soon yeah and they, they even make jokes about it like uh you know like when 
the early on when he's like they they do like a they shoot like a commercial basically and they're like like do we overdo like the italian like <laughs> whatever <laughs> like, like do we play it up too much and they're like nah but like uh yeah it's great um and all the voice actors are incredible uh chris pratt um charlie day is luigi he's awesome um jack black is bowser is fucking amazing and then uh jack you know, black is just amazing in general yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco is a, a prominent voice in it. I think Keegan, yes. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key is Toad, and he's incredible in it. It's 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 absolutely awesome. Um, highly recommend it if anybody is into just video gaming shit. And I'm sure most people have at some point have had some type of interaction with a Mario game, whether it was just only in their childhood or they're currently playing Mario games. But if you just have any type of affinity towards that and towards Nintendo, um gotta watch it it's absolutely incredible like it's it's the the water safe you don't have to worry like you don't have to dip your toe in you can jump right in and you will absolutely enjoy the movie so um highly recommend it 10 out of 10 one of the best movies i've seen in forever and yeah they, they did it right i can't wait for them to bring it back possibly bring in you know like jump over uh to other galaxies possibly bring in you know kirby or link or any of those characters oh. um and you know build it up to that point where you know like the obvious like the obvious like through line would be i guess uh, like all the way to like a smash brothers style of movie the smash brothers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's absolutely amazing uh can't recommend it more than enough but hey, I- i've rambled on enough adub how how has your week been not too bad, man. Just handling adult shit, you know, getting my getting my taxes filed, getting my car serviced, yes. paying these bills, paying these parking tickets, you know what I'm saying? Making promises, not working on them at all. You know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. I went to my little nephew's one of my little nephew's baseball games. So I hope everybody appreciated that. I had a good time. That was cool. Did they win? I don't know. I don't. I don't think they like seriously keep score. Uh, okay, like that <laughs> these games anymore. It's yeah. modern. Yeah. So, uh, it's a, it's it was. A, it was a lot of runs. Is it participation <laughs> trophies? It's not. It's not. No. Hey, it's. <laughs> I don't have kids. It's not my generation to worry about. If it's working for them, just I'm gonna just let them grow up happy and healthy. And going back to your your Mario movie thing, I'm surprised there hasn't been any articles like. Nintendo ruins family film with toxic gaming tropes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Telling people to get good. Yeah. Telling people that you just have to keep trying. It's like, no, they should make games easier. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, just, you know, living my life, having a blast. I, like, like I said, paying all the bills, getting all these things done. So I feel like I should be at the point this year where I can kind of coast through the rest of the year, just try to keep my expenses in check, save some money, maybe, maybe get to planning a trip. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Nice. Well, how about gaming a dub? I know you've been handling some of that business, which you've been playing. Oh, so much business. I wish I wasn't. Uh, so first and foremost, just because it's a little quick one, I, I should say that the PS plus games i think it was was it from march or uh april it'd be one? april this... the the ones with uh tails in it yeah yeah okay. was, uh, so april. ps plus games for april so we got tales of iron 
which I always saw. I was always interested in. It looked like a pretty cool game. I was digging the art style. Not too hot on being a rat, but, you know, you take all the good stuff with some of the things you don't like, and you may end up growing on it. So played that game, was immediately feeling it. You know, I started on the, the hardest difficulty. I was making progress, getting a lot of a lot of hard stoppages, and then I just got to a boss where I was like, yeah, fuck that. So started the game over, started it on, on the normal difficulty, and, you know, still getting a reasonable challenge, but I'm making it further and just steamrolling my way through this game, taking on all the challenges. Every time I I find a boss or an encounter that that's a little too much for me, you know, I just I study it, come back, I learn something, learn a little bit about the moveset, like, okay, I can move this way. Oh, don't dodge toward him, dodge away from him. Okay, get one hit, don't get two hits, don't get greedy, watch out for this, shoot him with your gun <laughs> when you got him down to low health and just end this quick. Uh, next thing you know, end up finishing Tales of Iron in just a little under seven hours with the Platinum. So there. Uh, highly recommend. Awesome game. Short game, even if you're trying to do all the content. There's still some arena battles that I need to do in the post game just to see if there's like a, a true ending or some anything else that I could possibly unlock. But yeah, man, it's, it's a nice apex between like soul style combat and a hollow knight style game it's not too much it's, it's not metroidvania i don't want to say but it's you know it has equipment it has all kinds of it, all kinds of resources and things it's mostly equipment driven so you have a ranged attack you have your one-handed attack you have a two-handed attack you have a shield you have light medium heavy shields light medium heavy armor spears clubs axes all that kind of stuff, you know, There's it doesn't really change with the gameplay. It's just more about movesets. There seems to be a weight, a weight thing where I guess your uh, your movement and your abilities get affected by weight, but I never really rubbed up against that. It's awesome. Cool little story. I liked it. I had a great time. Highly recommend. Uh, also, still nicking and scratching at Gran Turismo. You know, they put out that new update where they added some Porsches and a, and a big-ass van. So I got some of that stuff, and they got some new tracks, some new races. So I played some new races, built some money up, finishing up these extra menus. Finally got this Acura NSX that I needed to complete one of the extra menus. And now I got two NSXs I need to buy to finish the latest menu I got. Uh, still unlocking new main menus, one of which... I believe I finished already, you know, still upgrading my cars, learning these courses, becoming a better racer, getting good, getting better times, getting my money tight. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing my best to fill out my car collection and complete these extra menus and just lick the plate clean without dealing with the races where tire wear and fuel consumption become an issue because I was never a fan of those and I really don't feel like learning that whole gameplay ecosystem but you know that's where the big money is so i might have to go that route uh overwatch 2 we got season 4 going on we got life weaver in the mix i haven't played as him yet but it also came with a bunch of buffs and nerfs for the existing characters that help balance things out make it a little more a little more balanced 
say the same word twice, but I'd be doing it. But yeah, just enjoying my time playing as Arissa, getting tighter as Echo, Sojourn, Gold Gunning, handling business. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, my brother has gotten into looking at what people are playing on. So when we get in the game, we're like, oh, we, we got five PC players. Like, oh, we got, got a couple PC players. It's console players. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because at first it was just like, oh, okay, that's why this game is tough or like this game isn't as tough. But you really begin to notice just in the play, like, wow, this is kind of easy. What are, the, what are we playing against? It's like, ah, oh, it's mostly console players. And then something that he brought to my attention is that while it's, it's a little, it's a little unfair playing against PC players, especially in situations where you feel like they might be cheating because you're looking at that kill cam and it's like, oh, okay, you missed no shots. That's weird report. But my brother put it in perspective. He was like, you know, just playing against the PC players makes you better. And then when you go up against the console players, you just smash them at it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I look at it as kind of a, a best of the least, least of the best kind of thing where playing against PC players puts us at the top of the console player pool, but still kind of at the like bottom of the PC player pool. So it's, it's interesting to see the different compositions and just continue to get better at the game, learning ways to leverage the level of the abilities and just outperform the other players who think like, oh, I'm on PC. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to do this. It's like, okay, I'm going to kite you around this statue while you're walking into my bullets because your hit scan and mine have to like travel to their target. So let me just stay away from you while you walk into that damage and you die. <laughs> but yeah, loving that. Uh, also started up the latest season of Diablo 3. As you guys know, Diablo 4, I am extremely anxious for and got to just sate that hunger a little bit with some Diablo 3. I'm at Paragon level 598 with my wizard playing on Torment 16. I'm close to Torment 17 on the Greater Rifts. And yeah, they got this new, like, I think it's like an altar of rights or altar of blessings or something. I'm sure neither one of those is the correct name for it. But it's basically a whole additional skill tree that you unlock by feeding it certain certain things that it needs in order for you to get the next upgrade. Like, I think the first thing was that I needed to give it a set helmet of any kind and I got an ability. And then the next thing's like, you know, a thousand or eleven hundred blood shards. And then the next thing is, all right, 10 of each of the act-specific resources you get for completing bounties. And then another thing is like a, a Ramalatni's cube and 20 greater rift stones. And, you know, you just keep going like that. Right now, I've unlocked quite a bit of it. And the thing I'm stuck on is I have to get 1,300 blood shards in order to get the next upgrade. And 1,300 blood shards is the equivalent of finishing a Torment 17 level greater rift. That's why I'm pushing those up. And again, but the problem there is that that just gets you 1,300 max. But blood shards aren't given out in even increments. So if you have, if you don't have enough room to pick up blood shards, then you just won't pick them up at all. So if it's 388 blood shards on the ground. <laughs> you got to get 
somewhere under that. The only way to get under that is in increments of 25 or 50 or 75 or 100 from Kandala. So you're never really going to get it. So I can't just finish a Torment 17 level rift and call it a day and hope I you know get exactly 1300 blood shards. I have to go another... I'd have to finish either Torment level 18 or 19 so that I can have 1350 or 1400 maximum blood shards so that somewhere in there I can get 1300 and something so that I can spend it, get my new ability, figure out what the next thing is, continue to move on. Now that I'm at Torment 16, though, I think it's it's time that I start focusing on the season journey. There's a few more pieces of equipment that I want to get on ancient status. That way I can maximize the benefits I'm getting from certain bonuses. And then I can also move some things around, get some new abilities in play. Right now I'm riding solely on my meteor shower, which I have a room. I have a thing that makes it so that the meteor shower automatically has the meteor shower room. So no matter which room I pick in the menu, it's going to be a meteor shower of that type. So right now I got just lightning meteors everywhere and that's been carrying me through the whole experience, but I have this other ability I want to add that gives slow time the effect of every rune except one, which I'm going to equip. So then every rune and it makes the slow time bubble volume. So basically I'm a walking chaos field and I'm in chaos fields and I'm trying to <laughs> and I'm dropping lightning meteors and I'm dropping black holes that suck in projectiles. So you just you can't touch me. When it hits the bubble, they slow down. I can see everything. People get stunned when they hit the bubble. The chaos field's coming out. The ground is electrified. You're getting slammed with meteors. And all the while, leveling up, leveling up my legendary gems, getting new equipment, re-rolling my stats. <laughs> it never ends. It's so awesome. But yeah, man, I'm I'm having a blast. There's there's too much great stuff to play. I mean, we got Jedi Survivor coming. Today's the 16th, so less than two weeks. Oh, sweet Lord Jesus, can't wait, can't wait. Man, that'll just, that'll carry me as far as I need to go to get to Diablo Four. But yeah, that's just what's going on with me. AMC, what have you been playing? Um. Somewhat similar, yeah. Okay, so I've been playing Overwatch. Hop back into that. Um, didn't play a ton of what was it the last season? This season, I saw that they added in um, Life Weaver. Um, so one new character, as I said, they add a new character. That I tip, I'm typically going to support them with the battle pass. And then um, the fact that they added a new support character was even more incentive to come back, hop back in because I'm I'm all about that support role. So now I have another weapon. To choose from another option um so yeah i wanted to give him a shot so because of that hopped back in started playing some overwatch season four um really enjoyed it played with play with you mostly and we we got in those those quick play matches and we we're handling business i was i was enjoying it um very much a lot of what you said about the uh it's funny is like i it's something that i never i always just assumed that i was playing against like computer players but now it's funny to mm -hmm. know like kind of get that confirmation that we are playing against computer players what I always thought about with Overwatch, though, where the reason why I couldn't ever really get into Call of Duty as opposed to like Overwatch, even Apex Legends as opposed to Overwatch, is that because of the um, the factor of every hero being so different, and especially the heavy focus on the hero abilities, it um 
it really makes that as from, from at least from my perspective a a balancing force when it comes to you know console versus pc in that like the game is very much about just about outsmarting the competition about strategy um mm-hmm. as long as you have like some type of cohesion but then also you know when to make your adjustments if they're running this you pick out this character like say they got a tracer then you got a torb um things like that that no matter how good their aim is they still got to take down that turret and that turret has even better aim so like there's mm-hmm. always there's always just certain things about that game that it does just by the nature of it where i think the the heavy reliance on you know that fast twitch mouse and keyboard style doesn't really play as much of a factor as opposed to say like a call of duty where it's really just all about getting kills where call like a lot of overwatch is just about controlling an area and so you're not necessarily it doesn't really matter about getting the headshots as much as it is about like well this side is covered i have this trap set up here or i'm i'm junk rat and i'm just firing blindly into this area so this now this area of the map is now under control things like that but there are a lot mm-hmm. of factors that come into play with every hero that really um makes it more more balanced and even and so yeah just really enjoying that aspect of the game just playing it getting back into it and you know enjoying my multiplayer fix that that overwatch gives me on top of that been playing uh some kirby uh marissa and i have been just putting work on what appears to be the final world of the game uh we hit one challenge yeah we hit one challenge and man it was it was tough one we had to figure out how it worked because you know basically we had to light a fuse and we had to go through the map removing every obstacle of the fuse before I got to the cannon and shot us to like the next stage in the challenge. And I played through the entire thing, you know, and uh, there was no hindrance to the burning fuse, but yet I was still 10 seconds behind the, uh, the target time. So we had to basically figure out how to get the wick to burn faster. Once we figured that out, then, uh, then it was, figuring out the fastest way to go through the course. Now, that whole process took about two days of us just like, we played it one time, then we were like, all right, let's sleep on it. Then we figured out how to burn the thing faster. Like, all right, we figured that out. All right, now now we just got to focus on this course. And it took about like two hours on the second day, and then we finally got it down. That was absolutely awesome. So once again- just, How did it burn faster? Uh, while, so you had to get in the cannon, uh, and then as when you're in the cannon, then you push down. And then when you push down, then the wick just starts moving a lot faster. <laughs> and the game does oh. not e- yeah, and the game did not explain that at all. So like, that was something that we just had to figure that's, out. That's that's my favorite with the game. It's just like, yeah, we think you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, it's like and just a reminder once again, it's like when I first played Kirby, I, I hopped in, I was just judging it, like, uh oh, this, this is fun, but it feels like a kid's game, it's too easy. Then they start rolling out these challenges, <laughs> and I was just like, "Holy shit, these challenges are, are tough!" And on top of that, they have like the um, the bonus objectives on every level, which adds a, a level of difficulty. Like some of them were like, "Don't take damage on this boss fight," and yada yada. So they, they find ways of um, enhancing the difficulty if you want to be a completionist in, in, within the game. Um, and so yeah, the game is absolutely awesome. Push through that. Still pushing our way towards the end. Um, and the other game I played, didn't get to play a ton of it this week because I was playing a lot of Overwatch when I bought that Battle Pass. You know, that, that was actually one of the things I was holding back from getting the Overwatch Battle Pass is the fact that I didn't want to, you know, 
add another obligation <laughs> on on the list of things <laughs> that I need to do when it comes to playing video games. Like I was having such a good time playing Midnight Suns that you know I just don't want another game there that could take me away from it. But you know, Blizzard did what it needs to do, and as I said, like. I, I could enjoy having it one way, which is I could just singularly focus on Midnight Suns, or you know, a developer could create a problem or a good problem, which is like, oh, they did something dope where it has to be acknowledged. And so yeah, they they did something dope. They released a character, and so yeah, to hop back into Overwatch. And so because of that, I didn't get to play a ton of Midnight Suns. Push forward uh, in that game, did a did a mission, did some of the stuff at the Abbey, made some friendships. I'm cool with uh. Basically, I'm cool with every character at, at a level one level. And as you build up your friendship with them, you eventually hit a point where you then can unlock like their legendary cards, which have like a legend legendary abilities. So yeah, just slowly plugging away with uh, building the relationships with the characters by taking them on missions and hanging out with them around the Abbey and doing stuff like that. And yeah, Overwatch, I mean, Overwatch, Midnight Suns continues to be an incredible game. Um, evidenced by the fact that my favorite character in the game is the character that I created, which I, I did not expect that. I thought, if anything, I thought that was something that would hold back the game because, you know, it's a Marvel game. You want to play as the Marvel characters, but I absolutely love the created character. And mainly I love his skill set. And actually the, co the cosmetics have been pretty dope as far as like the different ways I can plug and play the costume to really like make it look and have the feel that I want it to be. And so because of that, Dude looks dope. His skill set's dope. And yeah, he's just an awesome character. That's the center point. That's the focal point of the story. So uh, yeah, they did a really great job. I, I, I say it every week. They did a really good, great job making this game a game that people saw that it had cards and just decided that they weren't going to play it because of that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll continue to you know always hammer the point that people are sleeping on this game and hopefully they'll give it a yeah. shot. Well, let's People get into punishing themselves, missing out on a great game, harming the developer who's going to have a hard time probably making the sequel because it didn't move enough. Mm -hmm. It's like, and then that's just bad for everybody because now we don't get it's another great game we might not get. Yeah. And it's a different game too because it's like everybody complains about, like, oh, why is every game third person shooter? And it's like, well, you, you got one that's not a third person shooter. It's like, well, but it has cards. And it's like, give it a shot and so this is why you get nothing but third person shooters <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um but yeah let's get into it adub let's get into these topics of the week top topics of the topics of the week, week. you want to lead off adub yes we're gonna lead off because adub's been playing diablo 3 yes. adub is it's just having conniptions in a case of the horribles waiting for Diablo 4. So we're going to start with some Diablo 4 news. I was breaking for applause, but whatever. Okay. So <laughs> people over at Activision Blizzard are letting people know exactly what it is they're up to with the data that they gathered from the two beta weekends for Diablo 4. Uh, these happened last month. In March, A-Dub did not participate despite the overwhelming desire to earn that that wolf pack, that wolf cub pack. Oh, that cosmetic looks like my little my little man. That would have been awesome if I, if I had that. But you know what? I had to stay strong because the greater goal of coming into this game cold and blind outweighs cosmetics. So 
the people developing Diablo 4, they've been more transparent, upfront, and communicative than any developer has ever been in the history of any video game I've ever seen. And that trend is continuing all the way up to the last couple months before we finally get our hands on what I'm hoping will be a masterpiece. So, Diablo 4, they're making a note that Blizzard is making a ton of changes based on player feedback. Uh, one area they're doing this is in minimizing backtracking. So, Blizzard says, our primary goal with the layout changes was to reduce certain kinds of backtracking which detract from a player's experience. Uh, structure with it. it wants to structure objectives that previously existed down side paths now to be repositioned to the main area. For example, uh, while our dungeons offer a variety of objectives to complete, player feedback stated that the action of completing each objective felt tedious. We hope that providing bonuses such as the increase to mobility while carrying certain objective items will streamline and vary the experience of completing objectives. This adjustment is merely a starting point and we intend to extend this philosophy to keys in a future update. So what they're referring to is this note that dungeon events will also occur much more frequently in the final version as Blizzard has increased the chance for an event to spawn in dungeons from 10% to 60%. Quality of life improvements were made too, such as removing the wait time when depositing an animus, increasing movement speed when carrying ancient statues and equivalent items, and adding a mini-map ping to newly opened doors, keys open doors. They also note that classes are being changed as well. Uh, the Druid's companion skills are now deal heavily increased damage. All ultimate skills have had their cooldowns reduced. The ability or the usability of Maul and Pulverize has been improved, and using a non-shape-shifting skill will now transform a Druid back to their human form. AMC, I know that hits you right in the heart because you're going out with that, with that Druid. You're going for that werebear. Yeah. Uh, um, next improvement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Next improvements for the Necromancer. So they're saying the Necromancer summoned minions will die more often, mm -hmm. meaning players will need to utilize corpses more often. Meanwhile, many Book of the Dead stat bonuses have been increased. The corpse explosion skill has had its damage reduced, and the brightness of skeletal warriors and mages has been lowered. Speaking of the rogue, the subterfuge skill has had their bonuses increase alongside multiple passive skills, while all imbuement skills have had their cooldowns increased. And finally, the Sorcerer's Charge Bolt's damage has been increased and the mana cost reduced. Chain Lightning's damage has been reduced and the cooldown of the Incarnate Skills enchantment bonus has been reduced. Firewalls will also now spawn underneath enemies more frequently when using its enchantment bonus and the Lucky Hit chance has been increased for the Meteor Skills enchantment bonus. Blizzard notes, whenever we introduce changes to our classes, it is with the goal of making both them and their skills feel impactful and powerful. Your feedback has helped us to uphold this ideal uh, some players have adeptly noticed that certain skills are too powerful. One of our goals for skills is to have them be interesting to wield and interactive in terms of itemization and combat feel. We've made some changes to help in this regard, with one example being the Necromancer's Minions. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So another another note here as we draw to the close. 
of the article, Blizzard is making further quality of life changes alongside fixing a ton of known issues in Diablo 4, like the butcher boss becoming unresponsive. A lot of these changes are coming to the gamer's user interface as Blizzard is shifting things around to allow for a better experience. Uh, the chat box will now be displayed on the left side of the screen using the centered action bar configuration. Character stats will now be displayed by default when players click the materials and stats buttons within your inventory. While move and interact inputs cannot be mapped to one button, while the primary attack input is mapped to a secondary button, and they change the font because you know they love you. AMC hearing about all these changes and seeing how Blizzard has taken all the data that they gathered during the betas to further improve upon the game and prepare it for its initial launch on June six. Has this increased your hype? Uh yeah. I mean. Um... I don't know if it's increased my hype. My hype is like already at a uh, just at its peak. But um, yeah, it's great to hear, especially a lot of the quality of life stuff. That stuff that you expect to see post-launch, like games come out, people enjoy the game, and then they drop that quality of life improvement, and you're like, holy shit, this just made the game that much that like vastly improved. And yeah, the fact that they're already getting ahead of it from the beta perspective that's awesome uh some of the bound stuff i mean it kind of fell on deaf ears only because i hadn't played the game so you know i don't really yeah. know i wouldn't really know how it would have felt beforehand but um yeah i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll be balancing the game for for years to come so i figure one balance here you know always leads to an exploit and then they rebalance that balance and then you know it just continues to go and, and go and go um so that's cool that they're you know that they're actually getting data now, hard data that they can then translate into, you know, getting the, the game to feel the way that they want it to feel. Um, and yeah. And as I said, the quality of life stuff, that's, that's more of the big thing for me. And so I'm happy to see that they have about a, what, a month to roll all that out. So I'm hoping that by launch, it's the game that we needed to be for the launch. Um, as far as it being a smooth launch, you know, because people like to, you know, not forgive games that have a questionable launch. So hopefully they get it gets out smooth so that we don't have to hear a bunch of that nonsense. That we can just talk about <laughs> how good the game is and not about whatever con like controversies ruling the day with it. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Nice that they're already starting to work on the druid, even though the druid wasn't in the beta, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, but but still they're able to figure out some things there. So that's nice. I think it was in um the second weekend. Oh, the second one. All six, all six classes were playable. Yeah. At some point. Okay. Because the first so, weekend, I think I was like sorcerer, rogue, barbarian. And then the second weekend was like necromancer, druid, sorcerer. Oh, that's good. Okay. So people got to play with those. So yeah, it's, it's nice that they got some data there and were able to actually, you know, give it a shot. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, give me the game. I don't need to see any more of the game. I don't need to hear about the game anymore. Just give me the game um so yeah i'm excited how about yourself you you, you ready to go you ready to get this <laughs> I'm, I'm overly excited man it's it, you could drop it on me right now and it'll be the only thing i play for the remainder of the year you know pending starfield and final fantasy 16 and all these other games but yeah diablo 4 highest on the list highest priority on the list and the news doesn't stop because they also detailed a little information about battle pass uh apparently it's going to take around 80 hours to complete which 
sounds about right. You figure an hour level, maybe maybe faster depending on you know your skill level. Maybe this is just a ballpark figure. Uh, let's see. The quote says, "Right now, the battle pass. When you're figuring in completing the season journey alongside doing other content in the game." You're looking at roughly 80 hours worth of time invested to complete the entirety of the battle pass. To level the character to level 100 could take a little longer than that based on how you play. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's already some interesting information just in those quotes there because coming from Diablo 3, I'm used to a 70 level cap. And I'm also used to, you know, the basic difficulty levels and then 16 levels of torment difficulty whereas in diablo 4 there's only going to be four world tiers and the fourth world tier is torment so we'll see we'll see how that goes in the grand scheme of things especially as paragon starts to stack as you start to dig into that paragon board and really really customize your build mc how do you feel about the battle pass are you ready to be alternating between Diablo and Overwatch battle passes. Do you think you're going to get both? Uh, I mean, it, it, it'll, it'll honestly be what I'm focusing on at the time. Um, the Diablo one was it's purely cosmetic, from what I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if and, anything, appara- and apparently there's nothing in the battle pass that you can't earn through honest gameplay. Yeah, so to be honest, I probably won't be um, participating in the Diablo battle pass because you know I wasn't even like when they. Like the club thing looked dope. It looked cute, cute as fuck <laughs> for the for the so But yeah, I don't, so I'm, cute. I'm not a person <laughs> that really like like it's like I don't really care how my character looks. Meaning that like at least when I played Diablo three, all I care about was my equipment <laughs> and like uh, what was the best equipment I had possible. So my character always looked different just based on what equipment like i what legendary dropped before that and what things i wanted to pair together i, I never really cared about cosmetics in diablo 3 your other than, character out there looking crazy that's what that is <laughs> what the witch doctor <laughs> just in general just just everything all these different pieces it's just swapping <laughs> well, i mean sometimes i was running a set so i had the entire set together yeah. and now really hot <laughs> so yeah i mean it was just... out here transmogrifying is i mean i care about my power and abilities first and then my look yeah, see, I'm not even looking at your character. So yeah, for me, I did. I don't really care about the battle pass. Um, as far as from a cosmetic standpoint, that's why even with the uh, Overwatch, I I kind of just said if there was a new character, I would get the battle pass. But on the months where they didn't have a new character, I skipped the battle pass. Um, so not really. I don't like. I like the cosmetics, but it's not a thing where it's like I'm. That's what I'm looking at when I when it comes to playing a game. Uh, and so yeah, it's. Whatever I get is what I get, and then I'll just move from there. So, if anything, I probably won't be getting into the battle pass of Diablo unless, for some reason, I see something that would like completely just change my mind on that concept. All right, well, sure, let's get to the next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. All right, let's uh, let's get into you know we're, we're discussing Super Mario Brothers, so we have an update from IGN about the movie's release. It's uh, pretty positive, a dub. So, yes. not only did the Super Mario Brothers movie win the Global Weekend box office with an estimated $368 million, but it has officially, but it has officially had the biggest worldwide opening ever for an animated film. Uh, mm-hmm. Domestically, 
The Super Mario Brothers movie brought in an estimated $137 million over the three-day weekend and $195 million over the five-day stretch that began with the film's release date on Wednesday, April 5th. Internationally, its weekend total reached $173 million. Super Mario Brothers movie passed Frozen 2's $358 million to earn the honor of having the biggest worldwide opening ever for an animated film. And it also has had the biggest global opening of 2023 after breaking the $225.3 million record held by Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. So, A-Dub, what do you, what do you think about you know the video game success on the big screen? continuing we saw i think it's yeah i think it's very interesting that an an animated movie not made by disney not made by pixar killed it in the box office and just crushed everything beat beat the disney movie that was ahead of it (laughs) yeah yeah so so then that immediately that immediately says to the world and the film industry like look Disney and Pixar aren't the only places that can make good animated films and you don't need Disney or Pixar properties in order to make winning animated films. So now the whole animation world gets larger because of this and every like we're just going to have more options. We're going to see more stuff. Hopefully we'll see whoever created this film take on more properties, you know, of course, a Mario sequel, but maybe other Nintendo properties. Like, man, they could really do the hell out of a Metroid movie. They could really do the hell out of that. And that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, this is great. It's a triumph. It opens things up. It creates new opportunities. And yeah, man, it just, it solidifies that, that movement that I have to say it, that Marvel started is once Marvel perfected that formula, it made it made other people in Hollywood take notice like, oh, there is a way to do this. There is a way to make these faithful to the source material while still making them attractive to moviegoers and making the money back, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got another thing. It, it's just all these uh all these amazing video game adaptations coming. Like, the Uncharted movie, uh, it was fun. I'll just say that. It wasn't a bad movie. It was fun. It paid homage to the franchise. Uh, I I recommend you watch it just for the sake of having it under your belt. It's not one of my favorite films, but you know what? I didn't dislike it. Uh, That was fine. We got the Super Mario Bros. movie. We got the Last of Us series. I think that that completed its first season, already picked up for the second season. It's it's just going to keep coming. I, I think we got a new Resident Evil movie that's being made, and I believe they're going to start from scratch and try to get it right this time. Hopefully that means that they're going to stick with the source material instead of all that nonsense that they tried to do with them six Mila Jovovich movies. And don't get me wrong, let me some Mila Jovovich, leave the Dallas multipass all day. But... You know, they could have done Resident Evil way better. Resident Evil could have been that first great video game adaptation. Just just fell flat. But insofar as Super Mario Brothers movie, it's come a long way since the 1993 film. And I'm glad that not only can Mario the justice on the silver screen that he deserves, but us as gamers and as fans and just as people who still 
have some remnant remnant of an inner child who still have some spark of imagination and creativity, it's awesome to see this stuff being realized the way that it truly deserves. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would add there is kind of like you, you made the point, which is animated. Um, Cause it, it seemed like at least like, remember everything we had mentioned earlier, all live action shit, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. like, even more common movie, which was like, all right, live action, you know, um, Mario movie, live action, just everything was live action, even Uncharted yeah. live action. And yeah, we saw that an animated movie did it right. And it's funny too, because it's also from a studio that people, I, I, not people, I've, I've heard criticism when it comes to, because it's, it was made by the people who did Minions. And I know a lot of people ah, are like, okay. like, uh, like Minions, uh, they're so cringe or blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're successful. Exactly. They, they make a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of money. If you, if you allowed yourself to, you know, just get over that, like, oh, everything has to be dark and grimy. <laughs> you might enjoy it. And so, yeah, it's uh, Minions mm-hmm. is awesome. And yeah, made by that same studio. And so, as, as you pointed out, there's another option, <laughs> another way to go. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I want to see more of that. It's obviously it's Mario. So it's one of the, the bigger, like the bigger properties when it comes to gaming, but it, d- it definitely opens it up. And also, yeah, and just building on the point that, you know, when, when anybody tries to do something, there's always somebody out there who's going to be like, oh, you're trying to do some shit. Fuck that. <laughs> and so like we hear like Sony, it's like, we're going to start putting more money towards, you know, developing our properties for like the big screen and for, for TV, TV series, we're going to start like licensing that shit out or, you know, having a hands-on when it comes to that, but we're going to start like, yeah, <clears throat> dipping into our property. And they're like, Oh, focus on video games. <laughs> but you uh, see, Jim Ryan's running PlayStation into the ground. <laughs> yeah. But once again, as we always point out, whether it's like DLC or whatever, these companies have to figure out other ways to make more money because y'all don't want to pay for anything. So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get that money. It's just, they have to be, they're going to have to figure out another way to do it. And so another Avenue now, as we just saw with Nintendo and fucking churning out one of the biggest movies of the years is that like, yeah, Sony's Sony's trying to do the same thing and they're going to be successful with it as well. And so, yeah, um, I mean, you can hate, but, Clearly, there there are people who are a lot smarter um, and more qualified than you that are handling this. Yeah. And you can kind of trust now. So, as I said, it's not they're not making the video game movies of the past. They were making for a very new audience, and they were kind of trying to figure out who that audience was, whether it was like little kids, whether it was adults that played video games. But now we've had generations of people who have grown up with video games so now there's there's a little less uh hesitation when it comes to like well who does this need to be for marvel figured out you can make movies that adults and kids like and um mm-hmm. i think that's what we we saw with the, the super mario brothers movies kids will enjoy it for it being mario the mario-ness of it and adults will get all the hundreds of references <laughs> that have just been like you know that have been building over just decades of you know mario games and nintendo content all like rolled into this movie so there's there's something here for everybody and i think that we're just going to see more of that uh moving forward so yeah i'm i'm all about it people need to stop hating on anybody trying to do something because when they're successful it just makes you all look like a bunch of idiots let's look at it this way <laughs> if you're on the internet 
talking about how somebody with a job is making the wrong moves. You're probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have they have market data and research and focus groups and consumer feedback and you know box office numbers, revenue, all kinds of receipts in order to justify what they're deciding to do and where they're deciding to go with things. You mm -hmm. have your gut and read it. <laughs> you're not you're not on the same playing field. You are not the same. Uh, I, like, don't get me wrong. I respect people's opinions. I yeah. give people credence where it's due. And you know, I have my doubts every now and then. And but you know what? Sometimes I'm wrong. And when I'm wrong, I accept it. <laughs> Instead of just being like, nah, it's, it's just trash. They ruined it. They ruined my childhood. It's like, no, actually, they kind of got this. I was doubtful. But you know what? I was wrong. And we, we got to get back to being okay with being wrong, not in the sense of, well, I'm going to just keep saying this. I don't care if I'm wrong. Just in the sense that, you know what? I said this. I was wrong. So I'm going to stop saying this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we just keep getting better stuff. Last of Us knocked it out of the park. Uncharted did okay. We're about to... We still got to get the God of War movie. We still got to get the, the Gran Turismo movie. We still got to get the Horizon Zero Dawn TV series. You know, we got to see what's going to come from the Bungie acquisition and and translating Destiny's properties and IP into the small and the large screen. So it, it it's just fun. Like I've I've talked about this for several years in the past, but it's like. Regular people don't see very far. They usually can't see past their own nose. And if they can, they usually can't see beyond the horizon. These companies and the way they operate is specifically in looking over the horizon at what's next, what's coming, and preparing for that today. So when they're doing things that seem a little out of character, things that seem like, oh, why would they do that? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, you're not looking far enough down the road. It'll make more sense as the thing that they're preparing for gets closer. But right now, you just don't get it. So just rest easy on that. Keep enjoying these single player offline games. You know, keep yourself happy. Keep spending that money. <laughs> and when we come with that new shit, you're like, oh, I don't this came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. <laughs> we saw it coming five years ago. You just weren't paying attention. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. What you got in the next topic of the week? Top, topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. Well, I could go good news or I could go bad news. What do you think, AFC? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Good news. Good Actually, news. no, no, no. We had we just had some bad news. Let's do. Let's. Do, I mean, we just had some good news. Let's do some bad news. Uh, it's just bad news. This quick one. Okay. Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Previously dated for May twenty six, has been officially delayed to February twenty twenty four. So, obviously, a substantial delay, almost a year. I mean, granted. I don't even remember the original release date because this was yeah, it was supposed to come out in uh, 2022, right? 
Yeah, I, I don't remember the original release date myself. <laughs> don't remember the original release date. I mean, they recently re-revealed the game to the public, showing off a lot more of what's going on in the moment-to-moment gameplay, as well as the, the core systems to tie the whole experience together. Uh, that that reveal, while it looked pretty good and pretty entertaining to me, was met with, I guess, middling to negative impressions online, which, you know, should be par for the course when taking anything online. But as a result, it looks like Rocksteady has decided to push the game back in the next year. Uh, The developer says, thank you to our amazing community for the continued support, patience, and understanding. There is much to share in the months ahead, and we look forward to seeing you in Metropolis next year. Uh, We have made the tough but necessary decision to take the time needed to work on getting the game to the best quality experience for players. Thank you to our amazing community team of support. So they didn't specify a reason why this is being delayed. So if anybody's telling you they definitely know why it was delayed, they're lying to you. Stop listening to them. Uh, Instead, just look forward to all the other great games that are coming out between now and February 2024. Uh, If you're waiting for Justice League, we feel for you. It's, you know, that's going to be brutal. This is how me, a dub. This is how I felt when Starfield was delayed from November to September. So, welcome to the club. And if you were just sitting around hating on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, well, let's look on the bright side. You got another nine months to do it. So, enjoy yourselves. Have a good time online. AMC, is this messing up your purchase schedule? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it is what it is. I don't really know what's going on clearly they had to rework some stuff uh i just want it to be good when it comes out i'm sure some of it has to do with i mean we just saw with uh what was it um uh damn right on the tip of my tongue game you you played and everybody was hating on it <laughs> mm-hmm. um oh for saints, no saints row saints row we saw oh, oh, spoken, you could see that too but i mean we've seen this and I, I wonder if it's like, you know, developers and publishers taking note is that like when the community turns on a game pre-launch, it's you're fighting such an uphill battle. It's like, what do you do with that? And up until now, I mean, it seems like a lot of developers are just like, we're just going to put out the game as we intended and we'll see how it does. I'm not sure if this is their reaction to that, where they're just like, holy shit, like people are really hating on this. I mean, it could also be the fact that, you know, Gotham Knights came out and um, people were excited about that. It, it launched in, you know, the state that it was in. People saw that it had, you know, RP, RPG mechanics. They didn't like that. Um, live, it was like live servicey, so they didn't like that. And so there were just a couple of things that people just kind of noted that they didn't like about Gotham Knights. And so maybe they they take notes from all that, all of that, and they're like, you know what, we got to make sure that this game launches right. And so Mm-hmm. If it means taking our time to get this game right, then let's take our time and, and get it right. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that the game is going to be completely different from what we've already seen of it. But it might mean that, oh, we might need to just make sure that all these systems that are in place, this gameplay loop is as great as possible so that people don't have the excuse of hating on whether it is the battle pass or whatever other aspects of the game that they decided that they're hating on. Those things don't really 
take control of the conversation because the game will be so good that it won't really matter what they're what the characters are saying when you're playing it, or it won't really matter that there is a battle pass alongside it, or it won't really matter that that there's multiplayer as an option <laughs> to play the game. Um, so yeah, I, I I completely get it from that standpoint. If if you're kind of just almost like doubling down on what you're doing and just making sure that you get it all perfect so that there's so that basically the, the game outshines the criticism and so um if they do it from that standpoint i have no issues with it if they're if they heard the reaction from the from the crowd and they were just like all right we're just going to rework everything <laughs> so that we could give them the game that they that apparently that they wanted and not that we wanted to make then mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for failure because even yeah. if the game isn't that great, they're not going to take credit for you taking out the live service aspects of it because they're going to still hate on the game regardless if they don't like it. So put out the game that you want to put out and deal with the consequences after. But we'll see. We shall see. When they when the next time we see the game, if it is vastly different, then we'll know where they took notes from. And then it'll be interesting to see how the game is received from that point moving forward. Yes. Mr. Developer, all the best, and you know, you only get to launch a game once. Well, it, except in the case of Final Fantasy fourteen, but that's it, that's an outlier. <laughs> you only get to launch a game <laughs> once, so first impressions matter. Uh, most people, there's no other impression than the first impression. So, you know, got to give this game the best chance it can get. You know, I really like more good games, so let's do that. Um, let's see. You got our next topic of the week. Topic, topic of the week. week. Uh, you know what? Well, we we slightly we discussed it. Um, we discussed Overwatch, but you know, I wanted to get a little more into detail with the season four update that launched this week. So here are the patch notes for Overwatch Two season four. Um, one, as we mentioned, cool. they added in Life Weaver. Um, we saw some of his move sets, and now we've actually played with them. Um, we have we got the Thorn Volley with that that rapid fire. Uh, the Healing Blossom, which is a charged up um, healing ability. Pretty awesome, which mm-hmm. I love about that is that you can heal people from very far distances and it's you don't have to be perfect with your aim. So that was that was always the thing that um, with Anna that kind of held me back with playing with her is you have to be perfect with being able to shoot your other your teammates in order to give them health. So if your aim is off, then you're not healing them, which is always kind of annoying for me. That's where I the mouse and keyboard will probably come into play with that type of character. But this one, um, you don't have to worry about any of that. So that is absolutely awesome. They got the life grip. You can pull a character towards you. Uh, the tree of life is the ultimate where you, you drop a tree wherever you want on the field and it just starts instantly healing everybody. And then, um, yeah, and then when Life Weaver dies, Life Weaver drops a Lotus, which the enemy or an ally can pick up and use it to heal. Uh, some of the character uh, buffs and nerfs, we saw that Reinhardt, he had his armor reduced from 300 to 250, yes. but had his base health increased from 175 to 200. But your boy Sigma Adub, we saw that they made a little bit change to his his rock throw. Uh, the impact is actually the damage reduced from sixty to forty, but then his knockdown duration is increased from 0.8 to one point one seconds. Um, mm-hmm. We saw Cassidy get a nerf in his ma- magnetic grenade, which I always get stuck with, but the damage is now reduced from one thirty one to one twenty. Uh, Sombra, we saw her EMP can now disable Blizzard, which is pretty dope. Um, 
Anna, her sleep dart has been reduced by 30% from 5 seconds to 3.5 seconds. The big change here is we saw with Brigitte that uh, they reworked her ultimate now. So now um, she gets 100 restorable armor health pool for the duration of her rally. Uh, you no longer gradually build health like her um like her nearby allies so she just gets that shit instantly um rally now upgrades her barrier shield so increases both in its size and health which is very noticeable um the barrier mm -hmm. health increased from 300 to 750 during the ultimate and during rally the shield bash now impacts multiple enemies briefly stunning them and her movement has been reduced from 30 to 50 and they also nerfed the range of her health packs from 30 to 25 meters uh, we saw in mercy mercy got a quick nerf <laughs> for one of her abilities so we saw that they did increase her her healing per second from 45 to 55 but she now no longer um she now no longer has increased healing for allies uh, under half health uh, which was something that they added in yeah. in season three. So um, I'll let you speak on that in a second. Uh, and then with Moira, I love this one. She can now fade while using her ultimate. So if you if you get caught in a situation where you're you know you're messing up people with your ultimate, but then you're starting to take a ton of damage, you can then fade out real quickly, get out of that, and then continue your ultimate, which is a, a nice bonus for that character. Um, speaking on any of this, kind of like. That's kind of like healing in the middle of Roadhog's ultimate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, what do you think about some of these nerfs and buffs and changes to Brigitte that you saw um, to Bridget um, with her ultimate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brigitte, she's... Oh, man. That, I know, I know that, she's a character that you've tried to, like, <laughs> she tried to make work in the past. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it hurts even more when you see good ones, and then now with these changes, like nerfing the the health pack range forces her to be closer to the action, which is exactly where she's supposed to be. So now people are by design playing her more appropriately, and it is because she can just creep in, and because you're not being shot, like you're not hearing bullets, you're not getting that all over your all over your reticle and things where you can see where it's coming from. So she could just be beating your ass. You don't even know. Uh, yeah. The, the bigger shield is definitely noticeable. She seems a little tougher to take down. Uh, Reinhardt seems a little easier to take down. The mercy isn't as mercy. Isn't as meddlesome as she was last season, because last season it was like, if you put mercy on a tank, unless you have like, one or two of your other teammates focus firing, that tank is not going to go down. It's just not happening. Like, it, as soon as you get below 50%, it just starts climbing back up and then it goes back down 50% and it climbs right back up. It's like, <laughs> God, those are immortal. And then you try to hit Mercy and it's like, she's zipping and flying everywhere. Uh, Life Weaver, pretty dope addition. I am getting a little annoyed with the excessive life gripping. It's like, you know, just let, let me die. <laughs> let me do what I do. <laughs> Sometimes I die, but I take people with me. Like, it's it's one thing if you're pulling me out of a dicey situation because more often than not, just with the way that I die versus the way everybody else dies, I usually end up fighting an entire team by myself. So sometimes I can overextend. Sometimes I can be a little overzealous. 
and you know, just getting that life rip. It's also a nice wake up call. Like, yeah, I got a little crazy right there. I should, I should really. <laughs> so pulls pulls you out of danger, saves you. I, I was in a match where I was dropping my Orisa Ultimate and Life Weaver put the little pedal under me and got it lifted me out of effective range. Mm. And so it's a cool addition. Uh, don't think you're just going to run up and punk that guy because if he puts that rapid fire on you, it, it's just a race to zero, zero HP. So be careful out there. Overall, I, I like that it's... When I was reading the patch notes, it was a lot of nerfs that made sense like especially the reinhardt one because he was getting a little annoying especially when you put a mercy on mm -hmm. but now with with less armor and just more hit points once you get get them into that red and you start doing that real damage it's you can feel the momentum shift and how things change so reinhardt just can't be an asshole running in jetting in squashing people hitting everybody on the way out it was bad enough when they uh, when they decreased his knockback while also decreasing his range. But, you know, now that he's a little, just a tiny bit squishier, it's a little more manageable. And yeah, man, it's, I'm, I'm having a good time with it. Just trying to break old habits. I still focus a little too much of my fire on tanks and that's just wasted time. I'm much better if I just go after the squishies and leave the tank as the main course for everybody to feast upon. Mm. But yeah, man, it's it's just such a great game. Constantly learning. Get like like you were talking about when we were doing the what are you playing? You're like, you know, there are some characters that are better. You know, you bring out you, you got a tracer in there, you bring out the turret, let the turret take care of her. But also with that, I'm learning like, okay, their team is playing in a particular way. So this character would be good for this kind of structure or this kind of formation or this level or this part of the level. Like, you know, sometimes you got to boot. Sometimes you got to fly. Sometimes you got to, you got to have a lot of hit points. Sometimes you got to be quick. Sometimes you got to do a lot of really big damage up front. Sometimes you can get by just chipping away and, and defend it. Like, that's, you know, nothing exemplifies that more than whenever I see people bring out the hamster. And it's like, it's, if you're really good with the hamster, it's a problem. But in every other situation, it's a very situational thing where it's like, okay, they're kind of kicking our ass. But if we pull out this hamster, we can contest the point for so long that we might prevent them from getting the victory. And that, that plays into that whole like console players versus PC players. It's like, yeah, they might they might technically have an advantage with mouse and keyboard, but if if your knowledge and your skills are just on a different level and you play the game on a higher level, you can outwit them. Where I mean there's been a couple games where we've been outperformed on stats, but we won just because we played smart. It doesn't matter. How much you how much you die or how much you kill as long as you're playing that objective the way that it needs to be played. So that's one of the primary reasons why I love this game. I love why I, why I love that they continue to do these updates, these balances, these tweaks. Uh, they continue to add characters. We finally got a, a new support character, so that roster's getting filled out. Hopefully, we can get another support character sometime soon. Uh, let's see, we we already got a tank. 
we got we got two tanks. We got Junker Queen and we got Ramatra. Uh we got what's her face? Kiriko and Life Weaver. So that's two support. And then we got Sojourn, which is one DPS. Oh, we might be getting another DPS soon. I don't know. But we'll see. I'm also man, the the battle pass, the the mythic skins. You got a mythic Sigma skin. Yes. My favorite part, you can customize them. You can change colors. You can change little details about it. You can make that skin your own. You can stand out. Uh, even, you know, they're really starting to get into the crossover content as well. That whole One Punch Man Overwatch 2 yes. situation was amazing. I had to get that Moomin Rider skin. Got that Moomin Rider. Did I get the Moomin Rider banner too? I think I may have. I hope I did. Cause I need that shit in my life. That with the with the Moomin Rider highlight highlight real intro. <laughs> the <white. laughs> oh my god! If you guys don't watch One Punch Man, please do. Because Moomin Rider is the star of that show in my heart, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's I love Overwatch too. Uh, season four going strong. I think I just got to level 10 so i got that epic bastion skin i'm working on the second tier of upgrades e single got to legendary b status last season so proud of that my, my little man's growing up <laughs> getting good at his games yeah just more stuff to enjoy more stuff to play and it's like when we talk about their Okay, sorry. You dropped for a second. What are you saying? Yeah, I was saying, like, it's there's so many good games to play, but not in the traditional sense where it's like, all right, I put 10 hours in this game and I'm done and I'm going to the next one for another 10 hours and I'm done and I'm going to the next one. It's like we got the we got massive open world games. We got roguelikes and such with just boundless replay value to make you want to keep coming back. We got live service games that get constant content updates. We got single player games that get constant content updates. And it's we're we're in a situation now where there's not only just an endless amount of good games to play, but there's just an endless amount of them to play if if you catch what I mean it's like on an individual basis where games just have so much content that even when you're technically done with the game there's still more for you to go back and enjoy and get out of the experience so it's like we're we're getting more games we're getting more game per game it's it doesn't end <laughs> all right let's get into the next topic of the week time topic of the week See, Should we get into that state of play? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because then we could finish on on that last little bit of good music. So, yeah, state of play, Sony, Final Fantasy 16, AMC. I was utterly flabbergasted. I was aghast, appalled at what I saw for that 20 minutes. Like, for, for the first half of the show, you know, I was with it. I was impressed. I was watching everything like cool, but somewhere around the halfway point, like it just, I got it. And suddenly just the beauty and the complexity of the game that I was looking at finally opened itself up to me. And I went from being on the fence about Final Fantasy 16 to being 
100% all in, totally down, might have to split time between this and Diablo 4. And that's a significant shift. AMC, when you saw the state of play, did any of your thoughts and opinions about Final Fantasy 16 change? And is this something that you feel like you're going to have to add to your library sooner rather than later? Um, no, nah, it's uh, it's about the same. So it's it's not something that I'm going to add sooner rather than later. But it's it's a game that looks really good. And it's just one of those things where I just have to... I, I, I literally have to hear it, and then I have to figure out where I'm going to put it in the slide. You also have to keep in mind, I own Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I haven't touched it yet. And mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things. It's where I'm at with Final Fantasy. It's just I played a lot of Final Fantasy, and it's... um. You know, it's one of those things like where if I hear it's one of those things where you have to play it, it's one, it's I like almost I imagine and we'll get into this with uh, I'm sure with some of the, the commentary <laughs> surrounding the, the state of play, but it's like yes. one of those things where like, I almost want to hear it's not like other Final Fantasy games, but like in, in the good way. And so like, that's where, that's where I want to hear like your experience about it. I want to read about it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, based on what I've seen, it looks fun. It, it looks like a fun game. I, I'm liking the action. Like it has, it still has like some of the stuff from Final Fantasy 15 as far as zipping to the character and comboing them up. But there's definitely more of a, um, there's more, there's more strategy to it is what, what I would say. Whereas the other one, like I was kind of like more or less trying to combo up the character alongside with my teammates. So like set up like different moves to combo together. This one, there's a lot of you're comboing, but then you're dodging, and you're you're parrying, or, or I guess dodging, I should say. Um, and mm-hmm. then you're and then you're getting your attacks. There's what I like is that there's a, a ton of different attacks. So it's like you're getting them with the sword, but then we saw some of the magic and how the magic can go just completely oh, hell. So good. Um, and then so I imagine that there's like systems where because we saw like the characters would be knocked down at some points, and then you can take advantage of that, and the other big aspect that I, I like from this that like from what I saw is that you know it's just gonna have some of the battles are just gonna have a very just I'm not sure how to describe it just off the charts feel like it's gonna have its moments where like high energy high octane well it's like the the, the scale <laughs> over the top yeah i was gonna say the scale because like when they show like some of the kaiju battles where it's like first like you see them and they're fighting and they're about the same size and they're doing it but then you see like what i'm assuming is the later like kaiju battles where it's like you're just fighting literally an arm <laughs> or like a leg because the thing is just a hundred times the size of infrared who's already huge so uh seeing that like the the scale of the battles for some of them are just going to be so grand that it's going to be such a spectacle and then on top of that you're going to have your battles with your character and everything that comes alongside with that and the is pretty cool is that like some of the battles there where it's like one-on-one and it does have a one-on-one feel so it's going to have just such a different feel for each battle they're all going to feel significant um that that part pulls me in it's like just the grand scale of like the spectacle of the game um what i do need to see more of is it did have some of that feel of you know final fantasy especially as of late where it's you know it's just uh i don't know what's going on maybe it's just i don't know it might just be me or whatever but you know they haven't 
they haven't had the memorable characters i will say since like maybe seven um you know with cloud and you know sephiroth and i, I mean i guess after that you did have like vv and like final fantasy 9 but once again we're going back to like that playstation 2 playstation 1 era um and then like you know you get to around like 12 a lot of those characters are forgettable 13 yeah you got the homie so that was cool you got you got a chocobo in the hair but he's cool um but you know lightning lightning's cool so there, there is some memorable characters there but that's also one of the ones that you don't really want to go back to Final Fantasy 13 and in 15 i mean i i don't even know the names of any of those characters and i actually beat that one um and so yeah with this you one, don't know about your boy noctis <laughs> Is that yeah okay there you go noctis um so yeah with this one there was a little bit of that when like i was looking at the main character but you know that's that's it was really a showcase of him so like final fantasy that is one of the things is a lot of times it's not about the main character it's about the homies so um once we hear more about that the dog was the, the dog slash wolf was pretty dope i like seeing that little that that bit going on in the game um uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that like, you know, as I learn more about the companions, there'll be something more there. Uh, but yeah, a lot of Final Fantasy for me is about story and characters. I say with 13, the thing that like really killed it for me with that game, because I was kind of like whatever about the gameplay, but it was it was really about the characters with that one that really like I was like, I couldn't do it anymore <laughs> with that one. Uh, it was like it was like playing a bad anime. Um, and then with 15, I, I actually really enjoyed the first like. 10 to 20 hours of 15 and then at some point i hit a story point um where you know they did some flashbacks to the, the movie the companion piece movie that like they wanted you to watch where I, I completely didn't and so like you know i just missed that point of the story and then just certain things happened where it got to a point and there was a flash forward and i just remember beating the game and just kind of having this hollow feeling of like i don't really even know what just happened <laughs> and i was just like as far as like from a story perspective like i know i did the job i protected the girl that was my job is like it, like they basically let you know it's like there's this one being who is like you know the goddess of the earth and then you come from a long line of protectors of that goddess and so i know i I did that job but everything else that happened in that that game i i did not know what was going on i didn't know what, what was like the objective from anybody else's perspective what people's motivations were and so yeah i, I kind of had a hollow feeling when i beat the game even though like i did enjoy a lot of the aspects of like you know the fishing uh traveling in the car with the homies the random encounters the bounty hunts all that stuff that was all good that was all good and well with the game it was just the story and the characters i didn't really get into and so that will be like one of the major things that i do want to hear about with this one because it looks like they have the gameplay down like everything there mm -hmm. on point have no criticisms mm -hmm. there like the skill tree um how you can build your character um the fact that you can upgrade your weapons um it just has a lot going there that's of modern day gaming and um just feels fresh and i know they took a lot of notes from final fantasy 14 so you know you just know the game's going to play well and so for me i just need to now know that the uh the story and the characters are there and if that all comes together i will definitely be playing it but it's definitely not a game um it's so I guess the other aspect, of it, and this is all personal, it's, none of this is objective. This is completely subjective, mm -hmm. the way I feel about this game. And so um, a lot of that comes Thank into play. Thank you for that disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like the way I feel about it also comes into to play with uh, last year. And so with this year, I pretty much already decided I'm playing Diablo for day one when that game comes out. Mm -hmm. And we know that that game comes out a few weeks after, well, like two weeks after Final Fantasy drops. And with uh, last year, 
I, I had my heart set on playing Octopath Traveler, um, or not Octopath Traveler, um, Triangle Strategy, and then I was gonna skip Elden Ring, and then Elden Ring came out, and it was a ten out of ten, and everybody's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I, I ended up playing Elden Ring and I put in like 80 hours, didn't beat Elden Ring, put in 80 hours. So I, I played a full game's worth of Elden Ring and then I fell off of it. And there was a, a, a bit of a feeling after the year was done where I was like, damn, I didn't play Octopath Traveler <laughs> and I was going to play it, but I decided to pick up Elden Ring because I felt like it was a, an experience that I couldn't miss out on. And so for me, I already know Diablo 4 is going to be absolutely amazing. There's also the added factor that I'll be able to play with you. So there's there's another like benefit of that. Um and oh, we're bringing back the good old studio apartment days. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's all gone down. And so yeah, with all that, like it's very much of the fact that I just this year was I'm kind of like making a point to do tunnel vision with the games that I want to play, I gotta make sure that I play them. And so because of that, Diablo 4 is taking precedent over everything else. And Final Fantasy is launching too close to it. So it'd have to be a thing where I would end up playing final fantasy after diablo came out and so that's just a matter of what's out at that time when i'm ready to move on from diablo 4 if there's nothing there maybe i go i roll it right into final fantasy but uh odds are who knows some other game will be out because you know the year is just stacking up as it is so um yeah who who knows when i get to when i'll get to it but the game looks phenomenal it's just you know lessons learned from the past now coming into play with this year and i gotta i gotta stick to my guns this year and so that's that's how it's gonna play out for me but once again if final fantasy drops and it gets a 10 out of 10 your boy might have to start like rethinking things (laughs) we'll see (laughs) yeah i mean for the first time in in my existence i think that this is the final fantasy that stands the best chance of getting a 10 out of 10 for the best the First modern Final Fantasy, because that 20-minute showcase was absolutely off the wall. We got an incredibly extensive look at the combat. We finally got a look at the menu systems. Uh, We got some insight into the story, how it's going to take place in the main character's life during their 20s, their 30s, and their 40s, I believe. And you're gonna have flashbacks yeah, and things jumping, jumping across the time skipping, time skipping. Got got <laughs> chocobos, or we, money says that there's chocobo racing. So I'm hoping we can at least have one along the beach because you know, just picturesque. Uh, we got to see, we got to see the world map, which shows the entire world and the major countries within it. But we also got to see a region map, which is more detailed, almost looks kind of pixelated, even has like little little cues of topography and things. I personally, once I saw that map, I was like, oh shit, nah, it's real. <laughs> because like that it just had so much information and the map itself was so informative again with the with the differences in terrain and elevation and just the way the markers and the highlights were presented. Uh, we've gotten introduced to a lot of the subsystems of the game. You touched on it earlier when you were talking about how uh, they showed the different skill trees and that you can buy abilities, you can upgrade abilities, and then you have a training room where you can you have all these crazy options where you can set up the kind of challenges that you want to go up against in order to test your skills, get good, test your metal. And so you can do all that, practice your combos, figure out your winning strategy. You got a bounty board. You got you 
got you. You got the blacksmith, homie, upgrading your weapons, getting new weapons. Looks like your weapon is going to be changing as you get different ones. Or hey, maybe he just has a different sword at different points in his life. I'm, I'm hoping that we see some variety there, especially in the form of of the armors. That would be cool. But if not, at least the weapons would be awesome. I, I was highly skeptical of the Devil May Cry style combat, but after seeing it extensively and also having them display higher level combat challenges because i think that's where a lot of the disconnect with gameplay demos lies is that you know developers in general they they don't want to show you everything and spoil all the surprises of the game so usually they're showing you content that takes place in the earlier parts of the game so you're seeing very early enemies that don't really have you know broad move sets or or self-awareness, self-preservation, and, you know, you just see the character beating on these enemies, like, oh, it's too easy, oh, they're damaged sponges, the there's not nuance, oh, it's not deep, <laughs> and then, you know, people get the final game, and it's like, oh, you didn't see this battle, oh, you didn't fight these enemies, oh, all the footage that we saw leading up to this was just in the first four hours of the game. So they, they showed us combat on, like, every level <laughs> and at every level the combat was just fucking awesome especially about halfway through the demo when there's a battle between yourself and, a, and an icon dominant who's tapping into their icon powers in the middle of the fight and it's it turns into like what you would dream uh a triple a like visually polished Elden Ring would look like. I mean, this these battles they're 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 one on one, but they're still like massive. They're fast. However, you can see everything that's happening. It's just, just so much visual flourish and so many animations that it's it looks like it's happening and you're just observing, but you're playing. And you know, all this it can be a bit daunting for a lot of players, but. Square has come out. They've let people know that, oh, they have these accessories in the game that give you, those are basically their accessibility options are these accessories that you get at the start of the game and you can equip them in different combinations to find the accessibility loadout. That's best for you. That's right for your situation. So they have one where it slows down time so you can more appropriately figure out how to dodge or just fuck all that and equip the thing that makes you dodge automatically the thing that you know helps you get better precision strikes and you know there's a lot of different things they encourage people to experiment with it and find their best combination however your boy a dub is going to be going in there a la mode yes i said a la mode that means with a scoop of ice cream and i'm going to be going in there doing what i gotta do no help no assist if there's difficulty settings i believe there are because there's a story one for all you I, I want to play the game, but I don't want to play the game, people. Uh, they, they got that for <laughs> I want to be a part of the conversation, but I don't want to put in any of the work. <laughs> so they got that for you, which means they probably have a normal for everybody else, and they probably got that hard for me. But yeah, man, it, even, like, even the regular combat, it can range from, you know, it's got a lot of over-the-top elements, but there's still some nice like somewhat realistic in the pocket kind of stuff in the more intimate kind of close quarters combat situations so it really looks like the kind of game where you can seriously craft 
the kind of experience that you're really looking for. I saw an overwhelming amount of things that I'm, I'm interested in and look forward to in this gameplay presentation. So that's what really elevated Final Fantasy 16 on my hype list, especially when they got to the icon battles. Now, before these just look like mostly cinematic, kind of like, oh, well, it's it's a scene happening and you push a button and then some hit points come off and then it's another scene. It's mostly just you going through a quick time thing. But now that they've really dug into it, it's like these are highly cinematic like departures into different gameplay designs. Uh, the way they describe it is that, you know, one battle might be uh, a 2D aerial shooter. Another battle might be uh, a heavy a heavyweight wrestling match. And they showed exactly those things. They all looked awesome. They all looked like things I wanted to play. Incredibly cinematic and just... Just the animations, you feel the weight and you see the power and the strength of these creatures as they're bludgeoning each other <laughs> to death. Like it, and even the scale of the battles is you're doing things and playing with a scale of combat that was in the past relegated to nothing more than cutscenes. Like you would see that. And that's probably why I came away with that assumption in the beginning. It's like, oh, he's running up this arm and, you know, he's going to push the button. He's going to jump to the earth. Then he's going to keep running. You're going to push the button and mash the square. And then you're going to do all the damage. But no, man, you're like, you're like running on the arm, moving side to side, jumping over obstacles, making your attacks, getting closer to the, the heart of the creature. Like you're, you're fighting. You're, they've made the summons into what is basically playable characters with their own combat. Every battle is going to be different, have different circumstances. And that above all, that was the aspect of the game that I was least interested in. And now it's one of the aspects that I'm most interested in. However, what takes the cake and AMC, you already touched on this before. We got the dog, homie. We got Torgle. You don't got to tell him to do nothing, but you can tell him what to do. He gonna do it. He got your companion. I I love I love dogs in games. I like games where you play as a dude with a dog. Doesn't matter what the dog's doing. The dog can be purely cosmetic, but just having the dog there is like that little that little added sense of security and confidence in what you're doing because you know that regardless of what happens, that dog has got your back and that dog depends on you because it needs you to survive. I'd like to see a survival horror game where you have a dog and the dog like warns you when things are coming or like when, when secrets are nearby, finds things, finds ammo. How <laughs> 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 it like brings you shit, <laughs> fights off enemies. And it, like I would like to see a game like The Last of Us, but instead of Ellie, it's a dog. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. But insofar as Final Fantasy, you got a dog. I'm excited for that. You can give him treats. Hopefully, you can pet him too. And we can add that to the list of games on the Can You Pet the Dog website. <laughs> yeah, man. Final Fantasy 16. What, however, I felt about it before the state of play has been completely thrown out the window because now I'm loving it. I'm fully in support of it. I feel like it might be the first, the first, the first good Final Fantasy since 12. 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's saying a lot because it, the first mainline single player one, I never played 11. I never played 14. Those are MMOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15, I have it. I never played it. 13, I touched it for a bit, was enjoying it. Not enough to keep playing it. And yeah, man, uh, 16, like tonally, thematically, looks like it's getting back to the roots of what Final Fantasy is about with that medieval crystal-based magic. Hopefully we get some steampunk just a little bit. But yeah, it looks like it's getting back to its roots. The combat is a nice breath of fresh air, and it looks like it's finally it's finally realizing the dream they had when they made Advent Children and wanted to do Final Fantasy VII in that same style. 16 looks like they're they're finally getting it right who knows man this might be the game that like finally sets final fantasy back on a defined path toward its future so that's very exciting in and of itself but overall it looks like a great game and we can always use more of those amc any other thoughts and feelings i got nothing else as far as final fantasy 16 goes well, we, we got some people who got something else. <laughs> as far as Final Fantasy 16 goes, as far as a lot of things go, we got Trouble of the Week. 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 Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to make up shirts and it's just going to say, Wait, if you know, you know. Wait, 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 wait. A bunch of weeks. <laughs> but yeah, so these trolls are coming sideways at Square Enix. They come in sideways at Final Fantasy 16. They just come in sideways. They 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 like to skirt skirt. They all over the place. First troll says 60 frames per second dunking on Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys may or may not be aware, like uh there was news that Redfall is going to be shipping next month but only with quality mode at 30 frames per second this has led people to characteristically overreact and proclaim that redfall is not 60 frames per second despite the the developer saying that the performance the performance mode will be coming at a later date so i mean we could go back and forth about the politics of that and the nuances but the point is people trying to make this into some kind of console war shit. Just like, yo, <laughs> just just enjoy that. It looks like we're getting a good Final Fantasy. And hey, if it's 60 frames per second, then that's good for Final Fantasy. It's not a it's not a negative reflection on other games. Let these developers figure out what they're gonna do. And if you know, if they can't do certain things or if they don't want to do certain things, then that's on them. But hey, Final Fantasy is gonna be multi-platform after the exclusivity deal runs out anyway. So Taking you're taking a victory lap on the away course. It's kind of weird. Next troll says Square Enix forgot what Final Fantasy is supposed to be. Well, what is it supposed to be? Fun, engaging, robust with content, uh, nuanced, detailed, beautifully realized visually. Because it seems like they hit all those notes. What what is it that you think Final Fantasy is? 
you know, who made you the authority of Final Fantasy? Like, mm-hmm. what Final Fantasy have you made? And how well did it do commercially? I'd like to see that. Uh, in so far as what Final Fantasy is supposed to be or what it could be, I'm going to defer to the people that own it and create it rather than some jackass on the internet. Next troll says, people still like this watered-down franchise? Yeah, it's one of the pillars of the gaming industry, one of the longest-running franchises in gaming history. And there's there's like lineage and provenance and you know it's 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 like when the queen died basically it's like we we're not a royal uh, we're not a monarchy driven world anymore but it's still like a figure <laughs> that's been in our lives persistently for a very long time so you know certain people you like to get little updates. You like to know that they're doing fine, that they're growing and changing with the times. You like to know what's happening with them. So people, yes, they still care about Final Fantasy because people want to see Final Fantasy do well. They want to see Final Fantasy go higher. They want to see Final Fantasy continue to be an icon in the industry as well as the genre that by and large popularized. Let's get real here. So watered down franchise watered down comments next show says remember when sony had their own games to show i don't even want to dignify that one with the response but it's mm-hmm. like um, you're acting like all sony ever has ever shown is first party games at any of all their events they've always alternated between first party titles and third party titles is what they do this one is going to be exclusive to their platform for at least six months so it would only make sense that they would market the hell out of it and try to get people to understand how real it's about to be because final fantasy 16 is pulling no punches it's about to get really real for real son next show says everything is bad (laughs) next show says looks incredibly generic to me like most square enix games lately generic let me just do a little research here because this term gets thrown around quite a bit, and I think people don't realize it doesn't apply in most of the situations that they be using it. So it looks incredibly generic to me. Apple, what do you say about generic? Characteristic of or relating to a class or group of things, not specific. Okay, a class or group of things. What class or group of things looks anything remotely similar to what was shown in that state of play because I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen any other game present that much variety, not only in its general combat, but in its various combat systems between you fighting as yourself, you fighting as an icon and the different battles that those are going to be presenting. And then you fighting as yourself, but then you having your your icon powers in regular combat, you having all your different magic abilities, you having the companions to fight on their own, having a dog. <laughs> There's so much going on. There's, I if so, sixteen looks generic. So one, where are the games that look exactly like it? And two, how did nobody know about these games? Because if any game looked just like that, or if that looked like other games that that already exist, you would think those games would be just 
enjoying overwhelming success by now. So just kind of weird that it looks like stuff that apparently doesn't exist or that nobody has seen, but you know how people on the internet are. Lastrell says, that game they showed at the State of Play looks pretty good. Footage looked real good, but sorry, that's not Final Fantasy. At least not a mainline one. And the people arguing that it is, wonder what they would say if the next Call of Duty ends up being a real-time strategy game, because this is what Square Enix has done with Final Fantasy. Well, Square Enix owns Final Fantasy, so they can do whatever the fuck they want with it, and if they say it's Final Fantasy, then it's Final Fantasy. So you either get on the bandwagon or you get off. If Call of Duty ended up being a real-time strategy game, number one, that would be fucking awesome, and that might be the only Call of Duty I ever play. Number two, and that's Call of Duty, my good man. Things grow, things change, things evolve, and we can either change and evolve with them, or we can get left in the dust. You, my friend, are looking kind of dusty right now. <laughs> Me and the homie AMC, we in the front of the wagon trying to see what's coming next over that horizon. So... Get your priorities straight. Get your mindset tight. It's video games ain't gonna wait around for you to come around. They're they're they're, they're moving. <laughs> there's, mar- there's market trends and emerging technology and research and just new ideas and concepts that continue to come into the, the scope every single day. And it's just ridiculous to continue to hold on to the to the era of antiquity when when everything was so perfect. But yeah, man, games are getting better. So, you know, better games require better gamers. I've been saying that for years. It becomes more true by the day. You know, if this, this is the kind of Final Fantasy that I've been dreaming of for a long time, I thought Remake probably would have been the one. I haven't played it yet. Maybe it is the one. But Final Fantasy 16 looks like just something out of my wildest imagination and honestly for the first time since the game has been announced and you know revealed to the public i'm actually kind of excited amc any words yeah i think that's the big point right there is that um square when square is a lot of people like to look at square and they're like oh they're just they're a mess because they just look at avengers (laughs) and uh you know how how they've handled their western studios but there's one thing th- that you can say about them is they still know what they're doing as far as their japanese games go and as far as like even mm-hmm. what it, we see with like octopath travel octopath traveler 2 uh triangle strategy triangle. live alive um they just have so much going on present uh final fantasy 7 remake it when they announced that people lost their collective minds when that got announced so they still have their moments and people just get caught up in what what you've done recently and and so as far as that goes all they can think about is letting go of you know the studios that made tomb raider and deus ex and then avengers but you forget that they've done so much else incredibly well fantasy for Final fantasy 14 is possibly one of the biggest mmos at least definitely one of the biggest on console um and so yeah it's and it continues to win awards like year after year as a game that came out I have no idea when it came out, but it came out so long ago that I have no idea when it what came game? out. What game? Final Fantasy fourteen. Um Oh yeah, I can't tell you when that should get Yeah, but it still wins like awards at like the game awards and things like that for like on ongoing <laughs> game. Yeah. And so 
they 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 clearly know what they're doing. It's just uh, people want to write them off and act like they don't know. So you can get off of Square Enix's back from that standpoint. And it's funny because people also talk about like they get they act like Square Enix can't do shit, but then they also get mad and they're like, well, how come they don't they don't put all their games everywhere? <laughs> and so they get mad. <laughs> like so like you you don't you don't you don't like them, but yet you want their games, but also their games are crap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It is what it is. Those people are always going to be upset. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just happy that the fact that like Final Fantasy can continue to do its thing in a modern age, um, even if they've gotten away from the term base. Like I would love to see Final Fantasy. Maybe like you have your mainline Final Fantasy games, and then you do your spinoff ones where you do have the the turn based style. Like we saw that with um, we saw it go in the opposite direction. If anything, with Yakuza, where they were all mm-hmm. action, and then they decided. They put out one turn-based game and it ended up doing very well. And then now the turn base is the mainline and the action RPG is or the action arcade one is, you know, is the the side piece. So they they completely switched the narrative on that. And so yeah, for me from and nobody died. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm happy that Square Enix has figured out a way to kind of, you know, take Final Fantasy to a new place um for for modern times um taking note from you know their success with Kingdom Hearts and their success with Final Fantasy 14 and now we're going to just roll all that into this game and so I'm I'm expecting good things from it the people who are hating on this I mean yeah like when people say like uh it's just Final Fantasy it's like but it's important that these legacy games continue to do well I think that's why it was like a big deal with Halo Infinite like people wanted that game to do well because you want there to be a good Halo game out there in the world and mm-hmm. same with like if you know if PlayStation dips their toe in the well brings brings back God of War you hope that they bring it back in the right way and they changed up some things and you know there were the the purists who were like why why can't I jump Ugh. like what is this why is it all serious um but then it comes out and it ends up being incredible and so you kind of have to as we discussed with um fuck I forgot but the game that we were discussing earlier oh yeah Suicide Squad <laughs> Suicide Squad like you gotta let developers cook let them do their thing and judge the product once it comes out, but don't judge it beforehand. Don't automatically start looking for issues with it that you're then going to take with you into the launch of the game. Let it be what it like, just take the information for what it is. And then when it comes out, see if they're able to put that all together. And as of right now, I'm, I feel like that I'm seeing all good right now from this game and yeah. And we'll, we'll know at launch, if the game resonates with the consumer but the good thing is final fantasy is always gonna you know is always gonna do pretty well commercially because it is such a you know such a flagship title for that that company and you know for this industry and so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to this game coming out and everybody hating i mean you're the people who sit there and hate act like there's nothing coming out but yet there's all these great games that are already out and games that are coming and you can just keep bitching and playing your ps4s and complaining about the ps5 generation mm-hmm. yeah i'm looking for this story like kind of in the vein where you were talking about how people are as amc would say poo-pooing square enix for all their moves and decisions like somebody ea recently canceled a game that was like 10 years in development i think it was like alice some some kind of yeah, survival yeah. horror. Yeah, and I saw and somebody made it like upset about it or something. 
Yeah, somebody made a thread like, oh, I'm, I'm done with EA. They canceled this game. EA is awful. And it's like, okay, so you're you're done with EA, everything they do, because they canceled this one game that's been in development for 10 years. Meanwhile, they put out Jedi Fallen Order. It takes two, a way out. They're making sequels to Jedi Fallen Order. It takes two. Uh, they put out Apex Legends, Titanfall 1 and 2, Dead Space franchise, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and countless other games. But this one game, that's that's the strong thing. <laughs> EA's awful, putting out hits. What, what's going on? <laughs> which, which is it? Work, working on Iron Man. <laughs> Remade Dead Space to massive critical acclaim. Working on an Iron Man game, putting out a, a Mortals Avium, which looks like crazy. It looks like what Ghostwire Tokyo was, was trying to be. Maybe I don't know, but it's pretty interesting for a first-person game centered around magic. AMC might be interested in might be interested in that. Just saying. So it, it's it's always funny, like the the things that people choose to justify like why they feel a certain way about a certain company, which completely disregards all the good and not necessarily good, but just all the strong things that they've done, except for like this one thing. Well, yeah, because it, it, it makes them liars because they're like, oh, like I never trust EA. And it's like, I can't wait to play Dead Space Remake. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it just makes you like, it's, I'm not sure if it's a liar or just makes it seem like you you can't see the big picture because they're just like uh EA it's terrible and then it's like I'm playing like EA game like people who people who hate on multiplayer games and then it's like I played a ton of Destiny <laughs> it's like yeah. well they're there right your most played game is a multiplayer game but yet you hate multiplayer games <laughs> it's like it's like oh you hate what oh. they represent but yet you still play them so yeah it's like is it a is it a sign of the times like is this just where we've gotten socially where you you put your flag like you you hoist your battle flag and no matter what you're you're carrying that to your grave even if it's even if people come to you and like you know that flag it doesn't represent anything it's like well i'm holding it now so that's just what I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. It's like people just they they decide and they gotta argue that point. It's it's that thing of like, like it's weird when people saw that first like I guess a leaked screenshot of Suicide Squad, and they immediately just have a natural like negative like like uh, just gag reflex <laughs> at the idea of like wait. Is that possible? Live service stuff? Like they don't even know if it's live service stuff. But the moment that they can sniff it, their body is immediately reacting. And you know, there is like a thing with like going with your gut, like that's important. But there is another thing where you do have to question all of your perceptions. Like you can't just take it and be like, oh no, there's there's nothing wrong with there. If I I I see certain people of a certain color and I have a certain reaction, then I don't like them. Like it's it's like one of those things. It's like they don't question why they're having such a strong reaction to it. They just automatically decide, no, the reaction I'm having is validated. And so like there's no thought put into the way that they think and their possible biases. And I think that's like what plays out with like video games. It's like they see something and their immediate reaction is like, oh, multiplayer, oh, battle pass. And then before even reading about 
what the battle pass has does it actually affect gameplay yada 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 um and so yeah that's i think that's just a lot of the world right now is just mm-hmm. reacting to their gut and not questioning any of their impressions that they have yeah so that was true little week all right let's get into these <laughs> quick hits a dub all right um you know let's stick with final fantasy this uh it actually came out last week but or at least this news dropped last week but it's coming out this week so still relevant we learned that final fantasy pixel remaster collection is coming April 19th, so this week at, that you will be listening, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster will be coming out. Um, if you're wondering what Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Collection is, well, it's going to be for PS4 and Nintendo, and it's going to contain Final Fantasies 1 through 6, all their originals. Uh, what's pretty cool is that, so it will have rearranged soundtracks um, with the original composer, Nobu. You can help me out with that name. Um, Nobu Matsu. No, Matsu. Modernized UI, auto battle functions, and more. Uh, but what is great, so um, one of the big things that is noted here that important when Pixel Remaster, when Pixel first dropped, uh, it was originally on PC and mobile. People had a strong negative reaction to it um, because of you know the way that it looked. And so they noted here in this article on GameSpot, in a noble change, players now have the option to change the fonts. They can switch between the default font, which is criticized by players for being too ugly during the PC and mobile launch, and a pixel-based font that is closer to the original feel of the games. Uh, on top of that, there's a ton of quality of life options within it um, that include, like, you can turn off the random encounters. Um, you can, uh, let's see, you can speed up the game so you can make it run faster <laughs> um and all, mm-hmm. like, a, bu- a bunch of stuff like that uh, i mentioned before auto auto battle functions U- ui improved yada yada so a lot of the improvements that people wanted to see with the uh the old games but without the i guess the ugly font that people were complaining about i know that's a kind of a thing with with the was it the 2d hd some people will see the pixels and they're like oh i don't like how it looks mm, uh, you can play it on my super yeah and so at least now they're giving people an option to at least play around with the look of it to have the original feel so at least you can feel like you're playing the original games um as they were intended so pretty cool if you have a desire to go back and play the original final fantasy games you will have an option this week and um i believe it said that at least on the switch you might be able to get them individually but uh now, currently right now, it's only a, a, for a bundle on the PS4, which is going to be, I think, 75 bucks. So you're paying 70 bucks to play all the final, all the dope Final Fantasy games. So that's something for people yes. if they, if they're, if they want to go back and play that old shit. Um, any, <laughs> thoughts, any thoughts there? Or you want to keep it moving with the quick hits? I mean, I, I would love to see the game's preservation people, you know, Typing up about it and like, oh, this is a great job. This is what we're talking about. Instead, people are quiet, probably not going to show up and buy it. And then these things aren't going to be around anymore. Yeah. But hey, classic games, they're being made available again. So people of a new generation and uh, people who have left their old consoles behind have another chance to get a hold of some of the most influential RPGs of all time that help create the JRPG genre and popularize 
all these titles around the world, especially Final Fantasy VI. I must say, a lot of people will champion four, some people will champion five, but here at Control Issues, Final Fantasy VI is the greatest game of all time. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right, you got any other quick hits? They do. Oh, I got the quickest hit of all. Yes. <laughs> got some good news. Got some great news. It's actually, it, it, there, there's a little bit to this, and I, I got some reading to do. So I hope that you'll bear with me. Yes, again. The Elden Ring creator, Hidetaka Miyazaki, name amongst Time's 100 most influential people of 2023. Mm-hmm. Yes. So not only is Miyazaki-san getting the credit he deserves within the gaming industry, he's also getting it from the entertainment industry in general. Further, it should be noted that he is only the second game developer to be included in this list. The first was in 2007 with the selection of Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto. So that is some very exclusive, highly esteemed company to be in. Shigeru Miyazaki. (laughs) 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 So just Mario, Zelda, Souls, Uh, Armor Core. uh, Jesus. People... People gonna learn. They gonna learn this year. Armored mm-hmm. Core Six comes out. It, it, it ain't just Souls and FromSoft's game. But anyway, just moving along. Uh, the 2003 list included big names such as the author of American Gods, Neil Gaiman, uh, Bob Iger, Disney CEO, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden, Lionel Messi. If you guys watch football, uh, <laughs> Elon Musk. Mr. Beast. Uh, but a little, another little special note Miyazaki's entry on the list was authored by none other than the most prestigious, the most distinguished, the most decorated, the most celebrated, the most hated figure in the gaming industry, Neil Druckmann. Uh. <laughs> make it all about himself Ada. <laughs> well we're about to find out because i'm about to read it to you it's not terribly long but neil Druckmann writes the first time i played one of hidetaka miyazaki's games i was miserable i kept dying on the first enemy over and over again yeah. but when i slowed down my approach paying attention to the details it all of a sudden clicked i managed to defeat the enemy and advance further into the game i earned my progress and felt a sort of rush as I moved forward in the game, I was much more deliberate, careful in how I explored this world. And in return, the world rewarded me with tension, beauty, and surprises. That's why Elden Ring, his massively popular 2022 hit, is a great ambassador for video games and the unique feelings they can affect in the player, feelings that a passive medium like TV can never recreate. Miyazaki's games make the player feel accomplished and smart, and it's all thanks to his and his team's uncompromising approach. He refuses to overexplain the mechanics of the lore, but rather puts his trust in the player to figure it out on their own. Druckmann, a video game developer, co-created The Last of Us game and television series. AMC, how do you feel about this illustrious achievement for one of the, the most deserving figures in gaming ever? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, uh, he put out a masterpiece of a game that will be remembered for all of time. He's put out multiple masterpieces of games. Um, so yeah, long, long overdue. Um, and it's it's great. I, I hope to see more 
Who was the other person who got it on this list, Ada? Uh, this year or just the other gaming figure that has shared oh, this the, the, esteemed so, honor? Yeah, when, when you mentioned it, was it only this year or was it like in, like of all time? Well, of all time, there only there's only been one other video game figure, and that was Shigeru Miyamoto in 2007. Oh, wow. So yeah, I feel like, um, if anything, this will hopefully be the start of a trend where more developers will end up on there, because there's definitely some... I mean, your boy Kojima hasn't been put on that list yet. Yeah, um, that's kind of weird. But hey, he, he doesn't he doesn't put out games as frequently as Miyazaki does. Like Miyazaki is prolific. Yeah. So um I, I feel like there's other this will hopefully be the start of a trend of more developers getting on there because definitely Miyamoto, um, there's no questioning just that body of work and just that impact on, you know. Yeah. Uh, on everything that came out after so i'm sure there's uh there's some other there's definitely some other developers of note that sh that should be on that list eventually but um yeah that's uh, it's a good list to start with um definitely get your boy kojima on there for for his work he's put out some damn masterpieces and just continues to push the ball i mean when he when he drops anything it's literally it's a moment <laughs> and like whether the internet stops yeah exactly it's just like it's it's a moment whenever kojima does something so he definitely needs to be on that list um and yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's uh some other people that definitely need to be on there but i mean the biggest one would you think we'll ever you think we'll ever see our boy todd howard i mean i i wouldn't see why not i mean uh i guess i'm i'm trying to think of all the games that he's worked on but i mean Fallout. I mean, if Elder Scrolls Six yeah, and Starfield Scrolls. hit the way they're supposed to hit, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, between between Elder Scrolls, like was it Fallout Three, and then yeah, Starfield. I mean, you can't really deny it. The, the, the thing is, there's just so many. Like, there's so many developers that you could get on that list. I know it's like maybe it's the times of the year, and so that's like the bigger thing is like it's you have to encapsulate that within that year. So somebody has to just make that huge of a stamp. And yeah, Elder Ring did make that big of a splash that like there, that it's worthy of note um, as far as like Miyazaka. Um, Cause yeah. And there, there's going to be some more games. I think it's more about, like it's obviously the body, but I feel like it's more about the, uh, you know, the impact that Elden Ring had um, is the reason why he got on that list. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, maybe Kojima. The next game that he drops, if it if it ends up you know breaking breaking the industry again, um, then yeah, definitely get him in there. I mean, he should just be in there alone, just on the strength of Metal Gear uh, Solid. <laughs> but there there's just so much there that like he's done that like it, it's it, he's got to get in there eventually. But it is what it they is. They just got to do an issue like the most influential person of 2024. <laughs> yeah. Kojima. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the whole, the whole issue is just about <laughs> Kojima and everything he's ever done. It's all written by Jeff Keighley. I mean, I imagine it'd be Keighley. I mean, he could get Guillermo to, to write the forward. He's, he's got enough, he's got enough backers. In Guillermo there. does the photography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has enough people there that would, I'm sure that would love to write a good forward for him. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's great. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing more to say there. He, he deserved it and I'm happy that he got well, it. Sir. Yeah. And, and once again, amazing, looks amazing in his photo. I must say. Yeah. And like once again, always always great to see gaming like like you know have a light shined on it from 
you know, from a casual standpoint, like people like they're looking at that list and all of a sudden they see this guy and they're like, who is this dude? <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. they read about him. And they learn what about is this his, game? Yeah. And they read about him. They learn about his impact in gaming. I mean, Druckmann, Druckmann, I think should be on there too. I mean, his games are fucking been influential as fuck. So, I mean, and now with this television series, just yeah. broadening the <laughs> yeah. scope of his, of his creative prowess. Yeah, exactly. And and he definitely helped out with that. And so it's not like it's just like, oh, they just took the property and somebody ran with it. Like he definitely influenced everything about that TV series. So, um, yeah, you can't as much as like the haters would like to deny it, like he's influenced the industry from a story from a storytelling standpoint. And you can't you can't say anything otherwise about that, whether you however you feel about his politics. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I hopefully yeah we see Druckmann, we see Kojima um, show up on that on that list because they def- well deserved. Um, any any other quick hits? I'm I'm fresh out, Adam. I'm all out. I'm looking at people talking about playing Returnal for the first time, asking silly ass questions. I love it. <laughs> all right, do, well, do you lose all of your guns and your items? Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> But you get to start over. (laughs) Cool. All right. um, Well, this is Joe Izzy out of the AMC.